0: Hey, good morning. I am Mark. I want to welcome you to the Grove as well. We're in this series where we're talking about uh, what it looks like to have good relationships. And uh, you may have picked this up, kind of the rhythm that that Charlie and I work in. Like, you know, we'll feel like God is leading us uh, towards uh, a new series. And then you will kind of lay out what that looks like. And then he will often just let me pick which one I want to take. And uh, I appreciate that about Charlie. Um, and be honest, what drives that sometimes is, oh, OK, like this is something like that I'm really passionate about or have a lot of confidence in or whatever, a topic. Um, and then sometimes, and it's more often this way, there's something that I'm really convicted about. <laughs> uh, and I feel like, man, I would I would appreciate the opportunity to study that more deeply for myself, and to to be introspective about my life, and whether I'm, that's that's a, something that's going well or not going so well. And this is one of those mornings we're going to talk about what to do when somebody sins against you against you, and how you respond to that. And uh, not a strength not a strength for me. Uh, so um, this study I'm going to try to share with you, and I'm hoping that in the next few minutes that there's some of those things as I try to work through my issues that maybe there's something from these passages that sticks out that you go oh yeah I can uh, I can understand that I can resonate and um, and God might use it in your heart you know a few years ago I had taken a new job and we had moved to a new place and really the only people we knew in this area were my co-workers and my phone rang one day and I picked it up and you know when you realize hey, this isn't somebody calling me like they didn't mean to call me, and there's a conversation going on that I can hear. And I don't know what you do in those spots. I mean, I always listen, right? You eavesdrop. you got to find out. I mean, what, what if they might say something about me? Now, most of the time, they don't or no you know, juicy gossip that you can use later. You know, every once in a while, there's something like that. This day, though, y'all aren't going to believe this, but this day, these two coworkers of mine, and I guess the guy had the phone in, like, his front shirt pocket, they were just bashing me, and they were going into great detail about all of my faults and hang-ups and um, all the ways they disliked me. And I had not really known them that long, so I was like, man, how could I cause that much trouble that quick? But evidently, I had. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, this conversation went on for a good while, and I listened to every last bit of it, and I uh, just got more angry and more angry and more angry. Now, what would you do in that situation? Uh, What would Jesus do? Uh, We'll we'll get to that, I guess. Um, What would Mark do is I wanted to find out where they were and get in my car and go chase them down and grab each of them by the back of the head and bash their heads together until they confessed their fault against me. Uh, Yeah, if I'm just being honest, there, there was immediately... That, that rage and that desire to go I'll go fix this <laughs> you want to bash me I'll, I'll bash you and that's pretty I've discovered that that's pretty deep down inside of me I um, yeah I don't I don't know all the story about where that comes from but uh, there's definitely this thing in me that when there's conflict I figure you can either some people run from it um, it can't just exist I run at it not that I like it but I just run at it. And in that circumstance, I really wanted to just go run at it. And uh, I've noticed some things that make me angry like that. Like one big thing is injustice. And I think there's a God part of that, you know, that things that aren't just, God doesn't like them. I don't like them. I don't like it when there's injustice. Um, And, you know, like I'll be, I don't know what you do when you read the news and and you read about some injustice. Uh, A few years ago, I was reading the news one morning, and I read about a little girl, eight thousand miles away, that uh, in a village where some of the leaders of the village had uh, had raped and killed this young girl. And uh, and you know, you, you read things that for some whatever reason that morning, uh, man, it, it hit my heart really deeply. And I don't know what you do, but I, I wasn't like moved to write my congressman a letter or do whatever. I started looking for plane tickets. <laughs> Cause I was like, man, we're gonna go. I know where that village is because I've been to a place near it, and I'm like, man, I can I can be there by tomorrow, and we'll track that dude down. Um, and uh, and then I actually went to staff meeting and said that. And then I, as it was coming out, I realized, well, maybe that's not the best thing for me to do. But boy, that's that's definitely what I wanted to do. Uh, yesterday, we were at one of our uh, kids' events, and uh, there was a kid that you know was wrestling, so this was purposeful. But there was. Uh, the guy he was going against was doing him harm. And I thought the other coach was affirming the, the harm that I thought he was doing. And I wanted to go and do harm to that coach. And on my walk across the mat, I realized this might not end well. Um, but what, hap- what happens in your heart? Are you like that? Uh, I know that that in me, that there's a part of that that's really broken. I know that there's a part of that, especially against injustice, that is God-like. But what does God like when those two guys are sinning against me? What does what does God want me to do? And so I, I did a bit of a d- deep dive in the scriptures to ask this question, walking into today. And um, I, uh, I mean, I can, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to say, and then I'll tell you, and then we'll talk about you know, what I told you. But in short, if I caught a theme, the theme, now get ready for this because it's hard. But Jesus demands of us that we would forgive others in the same way that he forgave us. Y'all hear that? If you are one who has placed faith in Jesus, that his death and resurrection, you have, you've believed in that and that he forgives you for all of your offenses, all of your sin. He looks at us and expects that those who follow him and empowers those who follow him to forgive in that same way. <sighs> um, it, it's all over the place. We're going to look today specifically at Ephesians chapter 4. But I could go a lot of different places. In fact, I was thinking about this. I mean, the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's right there, right? That we, uh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, the earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I mean, that's a crazy prayer if you think about it. God, forgive us. It's a collective prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's this this thing in the way that God forgives, we're expected to also forgive, which is just a really, really, really hard truth. Um, So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, and this is a passage that we could talk about a lot of different things in. It's not specific to forgiveness, but it actually ends. You'll see as we finish today, with the statement, um, forgiving one another as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. So in this whole description, that's kind of where it it comes to to the end, is to say this is the way that that we're supposed to forgive. And it's interesting, and one of the reasons I chose Ephesians chapter 4 is because if you'll remember, if you've been tracking with us, we just finished a a series on Ephesians chapter 2. And so in this same letter earlier on, and I promise you, if you didn't, if you weren't here for that series, I would go back and watch it and listen to it because uh, we talked about really just a few verses, Ephesians chapter two, eight to ten. And uh, and in that whole passage, one of the things that we've talked about, Charlie and I, as we've gone back and, and thought about it, each week there were, you know, three different speakers, and each week we were in here talking about that passage. It was again and again and again. What what we made a big deal about, what it felt like God really wanted to scream at us as a community, is God's love is so big, and you didn't do anything to earn it. By grace, you have been saved, something you didn't deserve through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one could boast that God did all of that, that that's how big his love was. Earlier in that passage, uh, it talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins, how we were enemies of God, children of wrath. And then verse 8, it turns a corner and says, of chapter 2, it says, but God. And then if you'll remember, man, he just, here it comes, but God did this, and, and God did that, and and it just, but God, he's so, so incredible in his love And it's not anything that we earned. And so then when we turn and we start talking about, hey, how do we respond to that? And this statement is, okay, love in the way that you were loved. Forgive in the way that you were forgiven. Man, we celebrated that big. I mean, I remember walking out even some of those Sundays and just thinking more deeply about, man, God's love is so incredible. How would he forgive me like that? And now... To say he expects that of us. Um, let's let's start here in um, in verse twenty-two, and in this passage it talks about uh, moving from the way that you used to live to this new life. If you remember, at the end of, of that uh, Ephesians two passage, it said that we were created in Christ Jesus, and we talked about the idea of that it's, we're His masterpiece. And that we're a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And now there's this new life. And here in chapter 4, he's saying this is what this new life looks like. There's some things you take off that you do no longer, just like clo- a change of clothes that you put away. And there's some things that you put on. So He says put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. And it's corrupt through deceitful desires. You know, Charlie talked about that some last week, the thing that causes a lot of that strife are those those deceitful desires that are within our hearts. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self. Here it is again, created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So there's this way that we used to live, but remember now, the old is gone, 2 Corinthians 5.17. The old is gone. Because of Jesus, the new has come. And this new is nothing like the old. And this new involves this putting off of this old way and putting on of this this new. In uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, verse 2, it says, We once walked in the course of this world. But by the time you get to verse 10 of chapter 2, it's now uh, we walk in these good works that we talked about. Chapter 4, verse 12, we walk in a manner worthy of this sacrifice that was made for us, which uh, that may sound familiar to you, too. If you think about Romans, chapter 12, you got 11 verses talking about this incredible mercy of God. And then Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, says, I beseech ye, New King James Version. I like That's the only time I use beseech, but it just feels like, man. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your worship. And do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You hear it? It's over and over and over. We're new creations. We put off the old. Now we walk in this new, this new, better way. This new higher Jesus way, this new way that's only possible because Jesus lives in us and wants to live that love through us. So when you say forgive the way Jesus forgave, man, there's no way I can forgive. Exactly, exactly. You can't love, you can't forgive the way Jesus forgave you. You can't, you can't. You weren't supposed to. He's supposed to in you. And he promises that he will in the, because you're a new creation. And I was thinking about, you know, there's a few different ways. Like right now, if I said, hey, uh, let's meet this afternoon up at my house, live in West Springdale, and uh, you, I said, well, you know, which way are you going to go? Which way would you say? You'd be like, well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to jump out on the interstate. I'm going to cruise up to that exit, sunset exit. And I'm like, well, that's great for you. You can go that way. But I'm not going to go that way. See, because a few years ago, I bought this old uh, junky Jeep 94 model that uh, has a little bitty engine in it, and I can't really get up to 70. I really can't get up to 65. I really am working it to get it up to 60. And so, so when I pull out off the on-ramp onto the interstate, it's just scary. Like when trucks come by, they're shaking, everybody's throwing me fingers. And yelling at me and honking, and the the trucks are behind me. Especially if the top's off, it feels like I'm about to get blown. So I just don't prefer to, to take that road. I've got a better white way, way, 112. I just like it. You may not like it. I like it. It just feels like an old country road. There's things to look at. The other day when it was snowing and burning and I were cruising down to church, it was like, man, this is a beautiful drive. We were saying this morning, look at the way that curves. It's just, it's just kind of nice. And my little Jeep that will get up to 45 just fine. Just can cruise along and enjoy the morning, you know. To me, it's just a, it's just a better way. I, I'm also, I, I, don't, I really can't take the other way anymore. Because it's not like I got the car that would be fun to jump out of the interstate and rev the engine. I just don't have that. I'm, I'm a new thing. <laughs> I got this, new, And this is the way. And, it, and, it, and it's a better way. When you decided to turn from your sin and to trust in Christ, He made you a new creation, and there's a better, higher way, road, that he wants you to walk. These things that he wants you to put off and these things that he wants you to put on. And one of the big things is how are you going to deal with being wronged? What are you going to do? There's a way you used to do it. There's a way my gut does it. There's a way I respond, and there's a way that Jesus does it. And he wants you to do it that way. He wants to do it that way through you. And so each one of these statements that he makes about what you take off and what you put on, he, he says it that way. He, do, do away with this, do this, and then he gives you a motive. So first example, uh, chapter 4, verse 25. There, therefore, having put away falsehood, but put away the lies, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Speak truth. Earlier... In verse 15, he says that this truth that we speak, we speak this truth in love. Because there's a way that you speak truth that's not really loving. <laughs> so, so realize that this truth we're talking about is a truth that we speak in love, but we're honest with one another. We're honest. That's kind of the first thing that happens when you're wronged and when, when there's some kind of disagreement. It's like, oh, are we going to be honest about that? Are we going to sugarcoat it? Are we going to pretend like it didn't happen? Are we going to tell some lie about it? I've just noticed in the conflict that, that Terry and I have in marriage, that the, the conflict that I have with friends, a lot of times this is the place that I easily fall into falsehood. Now, you can ask my kids. I mean, Jack's sitting over here. I may, may ask him out loud. Uh, let's see. Let's test it. Jack, If what does Daddy hate worse than anything? Lying. Lying. My kids know daddy don't like lies, uh, because I have put. Expo- that would have been bad if you said something else. <laughs> they, they, uh, because I've just. If you've been lied to, you get lied to once. You don't. You don't like that, you know. When trust falls apart, falsehood. yeah. Um, I. You know, I, I grew up in, in a setting, and I went to a university. I went to a, to a Christian school that I just went to play football. I ended up being a, It was a Christian school, and what I found out real quick is that people were always just wearing a mask and playing the game and, and telling them. In fact, there was this bridge from my dorm to the rest of campus, and about my sophomore year, I realized that every day it was just an unspoken requirement that if you pass somebody, you smiled at them and said how's it going? And they would say, how's it going? And then you would go about your way. Almost as if that wasn't a question, because you never really gave the answer. You just said, how's it going? How's it going? And then no matter how it was going, you just you just kept on walking. One of the things I love about this place, maybe one of my first Sundays at the Grove, I was, you know, naturally playing that game, not knowing anybody, and somebody actually told me how it was going. I guess that is a question that deserves an answer. <laughs> is it going good? Is it going bad? What? Why is it going good or bad? Like, uh, just being, being truthful. And I've realized most of my life I had lived kind of just in a pretend place. And, uh, and with conflict, I'm real quick to, oof, my facial expressions, you know, my, oh my body says I am angry, but because I don't want to go there, you know, I I'm fine. <laughs> but you know I'm not fine. Something else I realized uh, trying to deal with our teenagers is that I have also developed this habit of being passive-aggressive, which blows, I didn't think that would ever happen with me. Mm. But instead, but I, Terry called me out on one day, and I realized, I got mad, and then I realized, oh, yeah, she, she's, she's right. What I, what I do is I'm kind of like, Instead of just telling the truth and saying, hey, that, that, that's not a good thing, or when you did that, that hurt me, I just kind of, you know, talk about this over here. <laughs> but really what I'm mad about is this. But instead of just being truthful, I'm talking about this over here. I mean, it happens with Terry and I sometimes. Like like maybe, just as an example, maybe this has happened in your house, like she goes to the store and she's like, hey, I'm going to run and get some blueberries. And I'm like, all right, great, go, you know, go get some blueberries. In my mind, a trip to the store that's not very far from our house to get blueberries takes fifteen minutes and you're back, right? And then three hours later she rolls in and and then she needs help to unload the car because it's packed full of groceries. And I'm like, I feel a little bit hurt. But instead of saying that, what I say is something like, Did you get any did you get any bug bites? What do you mean bug bites? Well, you know, when you were when you were going through the blueberry patch, picking the blueberries. where there's some bugs there or something? <laughs> you know, Like I, I'm trying to say the thing that I really want to say without just saying the thing that I want to say. And so what happens is it just makes things worse. The first thing about conflict resolution and forgiveness is just to call the thing for what it is so then you can deal with it. Because if you never call it out, if you're never just truthful about it, if you never turn the light on and you're trying to fumble around in the dark to solve the problem, it's only going to get worse. And I feel like we do that. A lie I, because of me, because of my lack of truthful, truthfulness. <laughs> um, you know, and then the, at the end of this sentence, when it says, the, speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, this is one of the reasons that it's crucial, because we are, we are interconnected. The body of Christ, we are, we are together. And when one lies to another, it's like the eye, your eye is lying to your feet about what's in front of you. You know, I, I, if if, it's, if there's a step there, I want my eyes to communicate correctly to my feet that you need to be careful for that step. Have you ever, you know, started off and missed that first step, and one time uh, we li- we were living in this apartment and there was this flight of stairs outside, and it I didn't my eyes didn't communicate well to my feet that it was wet. The surface was wet right, right there. They had just cleaned it, and so I just stepped off and I slipped. And my tailbone caught all every single step, boom, 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 all the way down. There was actually a guy at the bottom of the steps that I was supposed to meet with waiting on me, and he watched the whole thing. He just watched me like boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, I tried to stand up like, hey, man, how's it going? Everything, everything and he's like, dude, you're not okay. Oh, no, I'm, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I probably should have got that checked out. I'm sure some, my vertebrae is out of place. But, um, but yeah, we, we got to tell the truth because we're connected. And if we send wrong signals to the people that we're connected to, it it breaks. It, it just breaks. We are members of one another. Okay, so put off falsehood. Instead, this new higher way, man, just speak the truth. In love, speak the truth. Then the next one, verse 26 and 27. Be angry. I mean, can I get an amen? <laughs> be be angry. I mean, I love it that, that he just calls out like this is this is true to the human experience. There are going to be things that happen that make you angry. You know, we're gonna we're gonna bump into each other and and it's gonna bother you and it's going and it's gonna make you angry. But here's the here's the next part. At the same time, be angry and do not sin. Well, what does that look like? Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So to, ma- to make sure that our anger doesn't turn into sin, it's about our urgency in dealing with that, with that anger. Because if we just let that anger sit, then we let it, let it fester. He even calls it out. Don't give the opportunities to the devil, which what that means is, man, I mean, he's just – He's just waiting. Just give him a little time to water that seed of anger, and it just gets bigger and it gets uglier. And your thoughts about that other person, the way you exaggerate what the, the thing, the offense that happened, uh, the way it hurts you more, just as it starts, you start to marinate on it, and your heart turns on it. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I mean, I got so many examples, and I, yeah, I we don't have enough time. Like, and some that are very recent where something was said or something was done, and it caught me the wrong way, and I, I, I just let it sit, I let it sit. And then the conversations I have with myself, the conversations I have when I'm driving down 112, when I'm thinking about how I'm gonna surgically cut the person who cut me, and what that's gonna look like. And the longer it waits, and the less urgency I have, the worse, the worse it gets. So be angry, but deal with that anger quickly. There has to be an urgency in dealing with it or else it's just going to get bigger. It's going to hurt worse. Something I've noticed about this, especially these couple of things that happened recently, a couple of guys I was really upset with, two different situations where I felt like uh, I had been offended. And uh, so I had already gone away and worked up my plan. I think this goes back to when I was, like, uh, sixth grade, first fight I got in. Guy kept on pushing me every day. He was pushing me every day. He was pushing me. And so I went home, and I got in in the mirror of my house, and I practiced, like, and he had my game plan. He's going to push me, and this is how I am going to attack. And I think I still work exactly the same way. You push me. And then I go away and I I just think on it and think on it and think on it. And then I've got my strategy. I'm fixing to come back. And so that happened these two times. That is still true of me. And, man, I went to have those meetings. In fact, one of them, even before I got to execute my, (laughs) you know, my demolition, uh, I found out that there was a backstory that I wasn't aware of. And the reason this person said the things that they had said is because they were hurting really badly. And it had a whole lot less to do with the offense to me to the thing that was going on with them and they needed loved and cared for in that thing, (laughs) you know? And immediately when I started to see it from their perspective, it was just like, you know, water on this fire of my anger. And I realized, man, I've been harboring this. It's been eating me alive. And all along, man, I... I just needed to give forgiveness, this, th- there was a reason why it happened to begin with. Um, then in, in verse 29, nine, cause calls out some more things, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. Corrupt, that word is rotten, unfit, worthless talk, the things that we say when we're angered, let, let all that corrupt talk, don't let that come out of your mouth, put that away. But say the things that are good for building up that fits the occasion. and <laughs> that it may give grace, again, grace isn't hey you deserved me to say this kind of thing to you. Grace is you didn't deserve me to say the kind of thing to you. Like like I didn't deserve the love of Jesus for me, but, I, but I'm giving you the thing you don't deserve. I think that's what we do. We naturally, I do, it's tit for tat. Like, you hit me with that. Well, I'm going to hit you with this. Or you hit me with this. Well, you don't deserve this kind thing because you didn't give me a kind hand. Y'all, we're redeemed people. <laughs> We've been given much. and How are we not the ones that are most among all people not giving what is deserved, not just backlash one for the other? He says, give these words of grace to those who hear man that's that's huge because these words it's just like venom when I mean, they're just these these words that are just meant to cut and to hurt then uh, verse 30 i just think this is really interesting he calls out and do not grieve the holy spirit of god by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption and again the only way it's going to be possible for us to forgive in this way for us to love in this way is because the holy spirit of god lives in us And he wants to do that through us. But big reminder, when I'm in my car coming down 112, thinking about that person that hurt me and how I can hurt them back, I'm not alone. The Spirit of God is there with me. And he knows those thoughts that I'm thinking. You know, and he hears those words that I'm planning to say. All those colorful words that would that would be you know cause so much damage in return to the person who hurt me. And it grieves the spirit of God. I'm not alone, and that bitterness is eating me alive. Um, He wants to empower us to do it, and he's he's there when we try to go another way. Verse 31, that all, all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. He pretty much covered all the words. All of that be put away. And then in verse 32, instead, this is the way to walk. The new way. Because you're a new creation. By the power of God. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another, and look at it, as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. That standard. You know, something in some of these conflicts that I've had, uh, a verse that just, I hate it when I'm reminded of it, but it seems to like slap me upside the face. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He's talking about how the believers are having these lawsuits and there's all this squabbling between them. And, and he says, man, why are y'all doing this? And he makes this statement. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? And I hate it because I know I know that that's the, the Jesus way. I don't want to be cheated. God to do that in me, because I don't want to. <laughs> Why not rather be wrong? Why not rather be cheated? Hey, and, and just just disclaimer on this, though, I mean, I, I, like there are situations when we talk about forgiveness, I mean, there are situations of abuse. There, there are things in my life and relationships in my life that, I mean, it's not abusive, but it's it's not healthy for me to just keep on walking off the cliff and allowing this person to hurt me, and I have to set up healthy boundaries, but the question, most of, a lot of the things that happen are not to that degree, but even the things that are to that degree, as far as it depends on me. You know, I have to set this healthy boundary, but then in my heart, am I gonna walk away from that? And am I gonna harbor this bitterness and this anger, or am I gonna be at peace? Jesus promises that he can do peace, even in those really, really hard things. I was talking to a friend this week about that, and he was, he was talking about forgiveness. And this one situation, that he was having a really, really hard, and it was an unthinkable kind of situation. Like, how could you forgive in that? And we talked about different things. Like, in this, if this happened, how would you forgive? If this happened to your children, how would this? How would you forgive? If this happened to, I mean, the unthinkable things, how do you forgive? The people who have forgiven, how do, how do they do that? And, and honestly, y'all, I, I don't know but by the power of God. And then last, uh As chapter 4 ends, it actually feels like the two verses of chapter 5 are part of chapter 4, you know. In your Bible, it's like these different chapters, but that's not really like the letter was written that way. And so it goes in and he says, Therefore, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk, here it is again, this new way, walk in this way of love. As Christ loved us, and gave Himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Y'all, you know, when we love like that, when we speak truth to one another, when we're honest to one another, when we forgive, when forgiveness isn't earned, and we do it in grace, man, it, it just makes God really happy. <laughs> it's this beautiful offering. I mean, we're gonna sing these songs, and I, I mean, I ask you to sing from your heart, and I want to sing from my heart and tell him how much I love him, and that'll make him happy, but man, when you forgive somebody (laughs) in this way, imagine, we're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, imagine how happy it makes your father when your life begins to look like him, and I know as I've been talking this morning, I know this is me, but I know, (laughs) I know how it works. God's spirit out in this room this morning, there's somebody's name, there's some relationship, whether it's it's your marriage or a family member or a co-worker or a friend, Or there's something, there's one of those relationships that, that you need to ask the spirit of God to enter into and to give you the power to, to love, to forgive, to show grace, to be wronged or cheated, even though it's not that you deserve to be wronged or cheated, but it's because your God is so incredible that he forgave you and you can give forgiveness. You're free. You're free to forgive because you've been forgiven and set free. We enjoy and celebrate God's forgiveness for us, but a lot of times we hold it back from our enemies. He's calling us to be above that a different way. You know, when I sat down with, with those two guys that had talked about me on that phone call, um I had a plan, and I was coming in. man, I had both guns loaded and uh, I was fixing to put them in their place. And uh, we sat at this coffee shop. And before I really ever got into it, and I'm telling y'all, I had a good plan. And before I got into it, I just realized as I started to look at them and they started to tell some things that had been happening in their lives that, you know what? I mean, I still told them, <laughs> and they were pretty shocked when they realized, uh, that I had heard that conversation, but what was going on in their lives? There was a there was a backstory, and um, and it just kind of extinguished.